Before we begin our discussion on racism on the podcast today, I want to make sure that we realize and acknowledge that this is only coming from a limited perspective. We're only a small group of people with our own experiences and our own perspectives, uh, but we would love to hear from you as well. So feel free to email the email that is attached to this podcast, and we would love to hear from you and hear your perspective on racism, where you live and where you're at. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the One Amazing Life podcast. My name is Chris Stewart, and I am one of your co-hosts on this amazing show on this amazing day. And as always, I am joined by my other amazing co-host. His name is... Hey, this is Jamie. I'm glad to be with you guys today. Chris, you got a lot of energy today. What's going on, man? You know what? I got a lot of energy every day, Jamie. (laughs) But uh, today I'm super excited. You know what I mean? We got a a couple of great guests in the studio with us. I'm excited. We're talking about a, a really cool topic. You know, just if you're new to the show, welcome to the show. Just, you know, to give you a little background, this is a show for teenagers and young adults by teenagers and young adults. And it's, it's, it's an open forum. It's a safe place. It's a, a place where teenagers are allowed to talk about t- topics that are near to their hearts, that are current, that are modern. Uh, and we just put it in a nice, safe place. And, you know, I'm, I'm really excited, Jamie, because we're talking a little bit, uh, we're going a little bit deeper today, right? We're talking about yeah. something controversial. Um, you know, we're going to be talking about racism and what that's like uh, for us, our experience with it. Uh, and we really hope everybody that listens to us around the world will be able to identify with this. We're just going to talk about our own experience and, uh, you know, it's a safe place for everybody. And it's just something that, that we really feel is, is near to our hearts. And, and, and we know that we, you know, we, we do the show for the teenagers and, and they have spoken and they said, this is what we're going through and, and we'd like to talk about it. So that's it. You know, we're going to kind of pipe down tonight and just let those guys take over and, uh, and talk about what they're going through. And, um, you know what, our three guests I'm so excited for, we've had them on the show before all stellar all amazing human beings. And you know, let's start off with guest number one. Tell us, please introduce yourself and tell us what your favorite song is currently. What do you got on the, what's, what's the DJ playing over there? Hey, it's Ezra. Um, I'm 16. And I guess my favorite song like changes every like couple of weeks just cause I'm listening to a bunch of new music. But my current favorite song is Junkie by Brockhampton. Okay, sweet. Ezra, thanks again for being on the show. Always a pleasure to see you. All right, my next guest coming up today, and her name is? Hi, I'm Olivia. Oh, I'm 17, and my favorite song right now, it also changes, like Ezra said, but it's right now it's Winter Break by a band called, I'm not really sure how you say the band's name. I think it's called Muna. I don't know. It's M-U-N-A in all caps. I would say Muna sounds about right. It's a, I have to check that out, too. I haven't heard of those guys yet. Um, but Olivia, I know you are definitely the music aficionado on the show today so uh anything you say about music i listen to um thanks again for being on the show and our last but not least one of our all-time favorite guests on the show and his name is uh my name is matt and uh, my favorite song right now is at least it was here by the ada sweet you know that's a great segue into the show because you know we all have different songs right we all like different kinds of music we all, you know, look different. We all dress different. We all have our own sense of style, our own sense of, of you know, passions and hobbies and things that we do in life. You know, and, and that's kind of what we wanted to talk a little bit about today, you know, is, you know, I, I kind of wanted just to start off the show with the definition, you know, kind of like the textbook definition of what racism actually is. 
and, and it says here, you know, the Wikipedia version is racism is the belief that groups of humans possess different behavioral traits corresponding to physical appearance and can be divided based on the superiority of one race over another. You know, it, racism is such a oh, kind of a, a crazy thing, you know, depending on where you live. And and even though it's based on the same core belief that either you're better than somebody else or that somebody else is inferior to you or, or things like that. But it's really, you know, when we start looking at the color of other people's skin and how that relates to that relationship of inferiority or superiority, that we really run into this problem of, of you know, I guess we could just call it anger and hate um, for lack of a better term. You know, ignorance would be another term I think that comes to mind. Ezra, why don't we start with you? Do you see racism at all in your life? I mean, when, when you're like, let's say school or in your neighborhood or your community, uh, you know, when you're out skating uh, around town, things like that. What do you what do you see currently as racism? I definitely do see racism in my community and like at school and even like nationwide. And like, I guess around my community where I see racism is just like the definition was saying, thinking someone's better than another person just because they're not just like race, like even more than race, like, oh, I'm more wealthy or uh, I go to a better school, stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Ezra, if you don't mind, I'm going to dive a little bit deep with you right off the bat, you know, because this is really something I know that's deep on your heart. But what is your actual heritage and how have you personally felt racism directed towards you? Uh, well, both my parents were born in South Korea. They had my sister when they were still living in Korea and then they moved out to San Diego. And then I was born in 2003. And... Uh, for me personally, I've seen like people have been racist by like saying, oh, you're Asian, you have small eyes or stuff like that. OK, so so people, you know, I just want to make sure I'm hearing you right. But people typically either like make fun of your physical appearance or they say negative things about your physical appearance. Is, is that kind of what your relationship has been or what your experience has been? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, definitely. When I was younger, I would take that to heart and like kind of reflect on that and kind of wish that, Oh, I wish uh, like I wasn't Asian or anything like that. But now like that I'm older and more mature, I kind of, I'm kind of used to it. Like sometimes I even, I sometimes when people are joking, I like joke with them about this stuff. Sure. So, so you're kind of able to understand that, that people making fun of your physical appearance has nothing to do with you. It has to deal more with maybe their ignorance or, or their, not feeling good about themselves is, is that's what I'm hearing you kind of say, would that be fair? Yeah. yeah. Good. I'm, I'm going to come back to you on that. Cause I definitely want to go a little bit deeper on this. I think it's really important for our listeners to understand what you, what you've gone through. Right. And, you know, I'm going to jump over to uh, Olivia real quick. O Olivia, I'm going to kind of ask you a little bit around the same question, but you know, also like what is your heritage and, and where do you mostly see racism? Is it through, your pe the people at your school, do you see it more in the community? How, how does that really look like, you know, in your neighborhood or, or at your school? I'm not sure what my exact heritage is. I know my grandpa and my from my mom's side, they're Lebanese. I haven't really had to, like, deal with any racism towards, like, directed at me. But in my in my community, like, I think that something besides what's happening, like, 
on the media and everything that else is happening in the world right now. Like before, like, I think I would generally see it like in our, in my community and like at school, like honestly, like with my friends and like people who I are not my friend, like some of them, my friends, but some people who I don't know, but it's like not even, I don't think they're not trying to be racist, but they're just ignorant and they're using words like that are not okay. Just like joking around, even like, like, you know, like, like the N word and stuff like, just like, Oh, like throwing that around, like when they're not black and like, you can't say that, but like, Mm. I think a lot of high schoolers are ignorant of like what that actually like means and the implications of that. So they kind of just throw it around and it like, I get a little angry when people say that and I like try to tell them to say, you know, but I don't like the people who I know, like they're not trying to be racist. No, that I understand that completely. And you know, I'm really glad you brought that up because I want to dive a little bit deeper into that with you. And, and what's your just, what's your personal take around of people that get put in this, in this position of selling lots of records or, or CDs or, 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 you know, whatever that looks like musically for them. What would you think would be a responsibility of them not to put that language in the actual music? If, if they actually, because they have a platform to project either positivity or negativity. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not really sure how I feel about like that. Cause I, I have like a very, like, I don't know, like an artist's art is their art. And I don't want to like take away from that, you know, like, I, I don't feel like it's, I'm not really sure how, like what I'm, how I'm trying to say this or what I'm trying to say. Olivia, but, I think one thing that, that you said, I'll give you a second to think, but I think this is a, kind of an important point too. And in Maya Angelou, who, who is an artist, poet, has passed away, but uh, really well known. She actually kind of brought up a point in one of her, her books, um, or at least a theme. And the theme is, is it's really hard to try to empathize with someone's experience if you don't have the same experience. So, like, for instance, if an artist uses a word or says something that's based on their experience that they've that they've gone through, it's really hard. If you haven't gone through that experience, you can't really tell them what to do or what to think or how to engage because you haven't had the same experience. It's, it's not you. So, like, for instance, this is this is me, Jamie. Uh, I, I'm white. I don't know how else to say it. I'm not just like like regular white. I'm like really, really white from like a physical like skin color deal you know like if I wear shorts people are blinded when they look at my legs um because that's just like who I am my my you know ethnic makeup you know I'm jealous of people who can get a tan I don't get a tan I just get burned like that's just who I am I can't speak to someone else's experience like let's say someone who's african-american or uh, native american or um people from other ethnicities i can't speak to it because it's not my experience i can try to understand it and that's a good thing but it's really hard to really try to fully jump into it so olivia you were saying that people in their art you, you don't want to tell an artist what to do or what not to do Right. That's kind of where what you were saying. Yeah, that's so you said it perfectly better than I could have said it. I think like that is kind of how I feel. Like, like I can't really I, I would hope that the artists who are like using those terms are like writing about things just like like that. It's like something that they've like experienced and they're using it to like empower themselves and not to um, like kind of to, like maybe to like take away like the power that those 
terms have and just like I don't know because all like what you were saying also like reminded me of something that my music teacher at school Nate says all the time he's like just don't write about things that you haven't like some of the kids at our school he's like he's like gotten back like kids rapping at like projects with kids rapping about like gangs and violence and stuff like things that they have not experienced and he knows that they have not experienced that and he's like you can't do that because that's not something that you've experienced but like write about something that's real you know so like I don't I think it's just like dependent on the person who it is and that's just like not my place to like comment on that really I think but I do think it's important to be spreading positivity and not negativity. No, absolutely. And Matt, you know, I'm going to jump over to you, Matt, too, because I mean, I know you're big into music and things like that. But besides like the musical things like that, what's your experience, you know, kind of like what your heritage is, because you're kind of coming from a different point of view. And what is it like with your group of, of friends, let's say, or, or like the kids at your school and and how they kind of perceive people of different ethnicities and, and, and how do they react to them? So... I think that in the community that we're in, I think, I think there's a substantial like lack of stuff like that compared to other parts of the country. But obviously there still is plenty of like racism and prejudice just because it's so like deeply rooted. And like when I see it in um, like our schools and stuff, like usually our school and our school district is like a very... Uh, like welcoming and accepting place, but obviously you're gonna have kids that are just kind of ignorant. And I think where that ignorance comes from is like the lack of diversity, because like when you see in other parts of the country where it's like pretty, there's like a lot more black people, then that's usually where there's like a lot more racism towards them, but also it could be said in the opposite where like, there's no, there's very few black people in our community. So white people won't be able to like interact with them and get to know their experiences. And that's where their ignorance comes from is just the lack of like experience with them. Yeah, no. And, and I think that, that, that part of it's true. I mean, you know, it, it's interesting when, when I hear people talk about that, you know, California is, is you know, in certain areas, yeah, I guess, you know, I mean, predominantly white and, and, you know, like things like that. But the, that's always funny to me because, like, I've lived in California most of my life, and, like, I've been surrounded by, like, the Hispanic culture, like, my entire life. You know what I mean? Like, like I think it's, like, there's more, like, small pockets of maybe concentrated Caucasian people or things like that. But I don't know. For me, it's, it's been a little bit different because maybe it, I think it has to do more, and I'm just saying this from my experience. This maybe could be untrue, but and really it's a socioeconomic thing. You know what I mean? Because, like, growing up, like I lived in two neighborhoods. I lived in a Vietnamese neighborhood and I lived in a Hispanic neighborhood and I was the minority. And, and that had to do specifically because my dad was, uh, worked in the church and, and was a missionary, you know, or like before we moved to Europe. And, and so we didn't have a lot of money and those were just the neighborhoods that we landed in. I think it really has a lot to do with socioeconomics more than, you know, like that we necessarily chose to live there. But I, I see that, you know, as well. As we're getting kind of back to you, what, what racist event that you remember in, in, I don't know, it doesn't even have to be in modern history, but maybe just one that you read about in, in the history of, a, of the United States or, you know, learned in school or saw her on TV or something like that has really impacted your life. Was there, you know, can you think of like a certain event that you saw maybe um, 
in the history books or, or even modern day that where you just looked at that and you're just like, uh, like that just kills me, turns my stomach like that. Why would that happen? I don't understand how we could live in this kind of society. Like in our history books, there's definitely a bunch of, well, it has to cover history. So it goes through us taking away native American lands because like on this idea of a white man's burden that we have to help inferior races um, because of the color of our skin and that automatically makes us better. But also slavery in general, just the ideas coined behind slavery and how just because of their color of their skin, they need to be put to labor. Also, I guess the obvious answer right now in modern history, police brutality and uh, racial inequality in the events that occurred like not too long ago, I guess a couple of days ago now, but that's been like sparking protests and riots and all over the country. Also, I saw this thing. It said that uh, racism isn't getting worse. It's just getting filmed and getting known because throughout all, all our history, racism has been present and it's just kind of sad and heartbreaking to see how throughout all these like centuries of history, like the same things are going on like just racism, inequality, stuff like that. Now, Matt, coming over to you, well, kind of the same question. What, what's a, a, just a racial event in, in your life that either you read about or something that made you kind of step up and be like, you know what, like, I don't want to live in that type of world. Like, what, what can I do to be a different person? Yeah, the, the event that sticks up to me the most is um, the assassination of Martin Luther King because the fact that he was probably the most hated man in America when he was alive is insane in itself that a man who's peacefully protesting against the murder and mistreatment of his own people is the most hated man in America is ridiculous. And the fact that people knew that the power he had was possibly going to their power so that they had to kill him so that he couldn't protest anymore and speak anymore just shows like, I don't know. It's, it's just crazy. Matt, kind of going along with that, what's, what's your take on the, the kind of difference between standing up for yourself and lashing out at people because you don't believe what they believe in, right? Like, I mean, w- would you consider it racist to be proud to be white? Because you would think that that would offend maybe African-Americans or Asians or Hispanics like because of the way the media portrays or because of the way that typically maybe white people have treated other ethnicities? Oh yeah, like what you were saying. Like I feel like everyone should feel the ability to be proud of their race, but it's hard for some white people when they know that there are people of their same race out there just being ignorant and racist and hurting and killing other people simply because of the color of their skin. So why should I be proud of mine? So it's a very hard issue to talk about. So, Matt, I got got a question for you, and maybe some of our other guests could add in on this. What's kind of your take on posting stuff on social media when it comes to uh, racism or activism? Like, do you choose to post stuff to combat racism, or do you choose to keep that space free from kind of like activism? Like, what, what for you has been a response that's been helpful, or are you still trying to figure that out? I love seeing... Because right now, pretty much like 
you basically almost every post is some sort of like justice for George or here's a link that you can go to to sign a petition or here's a link you can go to to donate for all these sort of funds. And I think that's awesome that everyone's like being active about it or posting like if you go out to protest, this is what you should do to be safe. I think that's awesome because I think right now we're kind of past the point of raising awareness for the issue because awareness has been raised. And I think people just need to, yeah, like post about post. It should be like, here's where you can donate. Here's how you can help, help any way you can. And like posting any sort of like good information. Like I just saw something about a, a protest in Florida where basically the way it ended was the police all took a knee with the protesters and they all sat in silence. And then they ended the protest with a prayer with the police and the citizens. So like, I think news like that should be shared right now. I don't think people need more. I mean, people should know about what's going on in our country, but I don't know if spreading trauma and seeing horrific sites is the best way to what about you, Olivia? How how do you post? What's been your way of dealing with social media during um, kind of this elevated season of awareness of racism? I think it is important to raise awareness. Like, I don't think that it should be done through reposting the video of his death because it shouldn't take that to get people to know that things are not good. Like, you should just like the fact that you like, cause it's true. It's like traumatic, especially for black people. I've, I've like been reading things about how, like seeing that video, like, especially when there's no like trigger warning, like of George Floyd's death, cause they keep seeing it over and over again. So I don't think that like reposting that video or videos like kind of like that is going to do like, it seems like that's what it takes for white people to understand that, that like that this is going on. Like, that's what it seems, but like, and it sucks and it's sad that that's like what it has to take. I don't think that that should be reposted constantly, but it already has been. I do think it's important. And I think like what Matt was saying too, like posting, posting things like maybe don't post the video, but post like justice for justice for George or justice for Maude, like, or Brianna, like whatever, like posting that, but then also posting like here, like sign, like text justice to this number to sign the petition or like sign the petition like posting things like numbers you can call to like make a change and like lists of things and like if you are white like showing like how you can help and like using your white privilege to like be a better person and like for everyone in the world you know like just like things that are more helpful and like actually making like that could help change things instead of just like saying like oh like rest in peace this is sad because yeah it is sad but like we have to do something about it we can't just post about it and then forget that it ever happened yeah you bring up a great point right we can't just post about it and then pretend it never happened right Ezra what about you what's your uh been your experience with posting what do you post online what do you not post you know after you post something do you feel like you've done something or you've done enough or like, what's your motivation for posting? I mean, I personally haven't been that. I posted one thing like a couple hours ago. It was a picture of um, a black man and a police officer. And then they were both holding a poster. And it said, one race, the human race. And obviously, I really the justice for Floyd and all that stuff, I believe that that needs to be like the prime focus in the midst of like all these riots and looting and stuff like that happening. And I feel like the protests also, they need to, they do need to happen because 
there needs to, I believe that there needs to be change. And the main thing is that I think we all need to, during this time, we all need to be positive and be like the poster said, one race, the human race and not pick like sides of, I guess like in general, not pick sides, but all just come together as one. Yeah, that's great, Ezra. Thank you, man. I think that's that's really uh, good words. We're going to take a break at this time, uh, and we're going to come back and pick up this conversation next week for part two on racism. <laughs>